there's a, there's a, there's a tradition in Zen or in Buddhism that would say the ordinary mind and the enlightened mind are the same mind. Yeah? There's no difference. There's just different strains of mind in manifestation. So most of the, the major strain here is self-centeredness. Yeah? Most people are living from this reference point and by living from here and feeling like life is coming to this and then issuing forth from this, there's the sense that I must be this. Yeah? And so that's self-centeredness. But that's just one strain of mind. Mind is a lot of strains of mind. There's systems, like you wouldn't even call them a system, but there are aspects of mind that don't have self as the center. You know, they don't see everything as how it pertains to a false you. It, just, it doesn't work that way. You see things totally different. Yeah? You don't see it like everything pertains to you, which is how you, we see things here in self-centeredness. Everything, it's like living in a funnel. Everything gets funneled back to the idea of being you. And that's the root of the disease. Your discomfort is being obsessed with what you're not. It's incredible. That obsession, or and to me it's not obsession, that's what the mind does to reinforce the identification. Identification is a different ballgame than obsession. Much different. You know? Obsession, like when I was doing drugs, you know, very sporadically actually, but when I was doing drugs, Cocaine, I did a lot of cocaine, but I never became coke, you know. I never thought I was cocaine. No <laughs> matter how much I shot it, or did it, or sold myself for it, or devoted my life to it. Really, and I was quite devoted. I never became it. I never merged, I never merged with cocaine. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we're living in that pseudo-merger already. We're identified as this. I mean, who... We may have been asleep when all the obsession brought us to this incredible quantum leap into identification, but we seem to have started from there. We started from identification. Yeah? And then in that identification, the mind gets obsessed over many things, but nothing compares to the identification. Because you don't even know it's going on. Yeah? You really don't. But obsession, you know, people can point it out to you, and then you'll probably maybe begrudgingly or be open to it. Oh, thank you. I didn't know I was that freaking obsessed. Thank you for shedding light. But when you try to shed light that they're not a self, forget it. It's like it's like you're going to be strung up. <laughs> that's a real, that's something the mind doesn't want to go to. It never wants to look at the sense of being a personal doer. I've done a lot of talks, and that's the thing that puts most people out the most, is when you say that, because if it wasn't, if there weren't, quote-unquote, your actions, then whose life would it be anyway? The whole determination that it's you living here is because you believe you're doing things, and you believing you're omitting things that maybe you should have done or shouldn't have done, and then the mind just riffs on that idea of being a personal doer. But then Lord Buddha says, or supposedly said, you don't know what he said, because he didn't write anything for 300 years after he passed away. But one thing that's, you know, attributed to him was that it says, uh, events happen, deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. Yeah. So life goes on just as it seems to be going on, 
but that leap into it must be going on because I'm here doing something or I'm here having something done to me. That leap isn't there. It's just like life's happening instead of life is happening to me. Yeah? By me, for me, as me. Yeah? But just life's happening. Like you, you are just built in a certain way. That certain, you have certain predilections and tendencies and conditionings and old ideas and beliefs that react a certain way to a situation. You think it's personal. That's the selfing. The sense of it being personal is, is, is produced by the selfing. It's not a natural consequence of objective reasoning, of looking at, you know, it's a big leap. In other words, there's a, like, even free will, they're finding, you know, they found, there's tons of research coming out, but there's this one that someone just sent me one where, once again, they prove that when someone makes, seemingly makes a choice, the brain fires like seven seconds before the choice, yes? And then the, the voice box goes, I did that, yeah, I did that, and claims it, that's selfing, yeah? I mean, it's, so let's say more, what probably is more happening is the brain, like the computer, looks at its options, all based on its conditioning and belief system, yes? And then it picks the best one. It would be seemingly like a choice, yeah? But like a type of computer choice, yeah? And then it goes, okay, I'm going to take flight in this situation, or I'm going to blame, or I'm going to do this and do that, yeah? But seven seconds later, when this event has already come to a conclusion in the brain, the voice box chirps up and claims it. I, I did that. I chose that. And then, then what does it heap on itself? Guilt and shame and pride and everything. These, the, what comes about with ownership? You think, just like when you own something here, it tends to own you. Exactly. When you become the owner of a life, all that, all that life you own now owns you. All the ideas you had about it seem to be like fucking vice-like. Yeah? It's just... It, the whole, the activity of claiming produces huge effects that aren't produced when there's no claiming. Yeah? It gets so far in certain spiritual circles that they believe, they would say a, a terms called non-action. Yeah? Non-action. Someone who's done non-action. So, in some of the ways they look at it, what they believe non-action is any action done without an identification as the doer. It doesn't mean you don't do anything. <laughs> I'm living a day of non-action. Where are you? I'm like, out. I'm not going to act all day. You know? No, non-action means there's tons of action, but there's no individual doer thereof. The mind isn't entrenched in that idea. And so they actually believe in their karmic view of life, where everything is an act and reaction, says all karma comes from an act or action that's been identified. All karma, yeah? I don't believe in karma in a sense, because I don't think there's anyone to have karma, but in the whole karmic view, it's all rooted in personal doership. What you believe you did is going to produce a reaction to the you that thought it did it. trying to civilize it, not trying to therapize it, not trying to socialize it, 
not trying to avoid it, not trying to kill it, yeah, just realizing I'm not that. There's no need to know what you are because it's an impossibility. In seeing what you're not, that's the act of being what you are, conscious, yeah, aware. That's it. The hard part is we're expecting to see everything, especially us as a thing, yeah? So when our true self, and you want to call it that, our original face shows itself, there's no face to see. Because it's no thingness. It's like the mind has to leave the world of noun and verb and just see verb. Yeah. When it sees verb, it's seeing the truth. Yeah. It's the act of seeing, that's seeing the truth. Yeah. The truth is in the seeing. Not of it, but just in the seeing, that's the truth. Yeah. So for me, my head was totally trained to recognize things. Every verb had to have a noun at the end of it or in the beginning of it. Either where someone did it to me or I did it to someone else, yes? So every verb was always, there was part of the verb that implied a noun, yeah? So my whole life was like a right angle. Nothing flowed, it was just very, very... Then, and then when you try to know the truth, you try to know it as a thing, so you were blind to it. And it was very fucking frustrating. Because you were seeking as if you were going to find something. Yeah? You were seeking as if you were going to arrive at something or achieve something. And yet, every time you felt like you arrived there, it would be moved. Yeah? Because it's not a thing. It's not a place to end up. It's not even a place to start. There is no place. There's just nothingness. Yeah? And if the mind is trained and suited for thinking, which is things, yeah, concepts and ideas, yes, living from the idea of being a thing, then every time it starts thinking about the truth, it thinks about it as an object, in a way, to your subject. Yeah? You take yourself to be the subject, not subjectivity. Subjectivity is demonstrating through the apparatus, but you take yourself, the apparatus, to be the subject, yeah? As soon as that happens, everything is cast into being an object. Like enlightenment is an object. Like I'm going to get enlightened. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to go get a pineapple at the store. I'm going to get enlightened. Or I'm going to wake up. Or I'm going to get the truth. Yes? So now the truth and enlightenment and waking up are cast as an object as long as you're the subject. And there's no way in hell as being the subject that you will ever not objectify things. They'll always be objectified when you can, when you become the subject. You cannot get out of it. Self can't get out of self, yeah? Because self is just a product of a mental process. It can't leave the process. So here's the process where an object is called upon to be the subject. As soon as it becomes a subject, everything is cast into being an object to it, yes? So therefore, a spiritual journey, if you ever listen to people describe it, they describe it like a trip a body would take, yeah? I'm on the spiritual journey. First, what do you have to do on a spiritual journey? Find a path. What walks on a path? The spirit or a body? I've got to follow the authentic footprints of Jesus and Buddha. There's no fucking footprint to follow. It's a pathless path. What do you mean it's a pathless path? Yeah, it has nothing to do with the body. Yeah? It's an open it's an open secret. 
It's a gateless gate. What do you mean it's a gateless gate? Don't I have to pass through something? Absolutely no. There's no passing through anything. There's no, you're not going to reach the mountain of enlightenment after you go through the dark, cavernous, chasm night of the soul. <laughs> it's all made up. It's all an allegory in the mind, picturing you as a body. So every time you sing your swan song, that spiritual longing song, you're just reaffirming the dilemma. You're identified with the, with the a product of a mental process. How are you ever going to get out of anything? It's impossible to get out of anything unless you are in it. If you're not in it, all trying to get out of it is a form of being in it. When you try to get out of something that's imaginary, that's being in it. Yeah? That's how it looks to be in something, is trying to get out of something that's imaginary. What do you mean? I thought it would look a certain way. That's how it looks. That's how the mind is. Yeah? When it's trying to get out of something, it's, re it's reaffirming its belief that it, it's in something. That's the only way that thing can seem real to you. Yeah. Everything here is seemingly. It appears to be true or false to you. Yeah. When you're in the head, when you're in the selfing, then false evidence is appearing real constantly. Like the thing we call fear in recovery, false evidence appearing real. Why is that? Well, false evidence can appear real to something that's false evidence appearing real. <laughs> you as a body, <laughs> you're the original false evidence appearing real. How is it going to have any discernment what's true or false when it's taken itself to be true and it's false? <laughs> so false evidence will appear real to it, obviously, because it's appearing real already. <laughs> it's actually very consistent. <laughs> So its basis is false, and now it's trying to judge what's right or wrong. It's insanity. <laughs> it's, it's just like geometrically progressing from the first mistake. <laughs> I'm gonna as much artificial light I can put on the subject, I'll really figure it out. No, no, no. That has no illuminating quality. It's like self-knowledge avails us nothing. Yeah. If you're identified as self, if the selfing has a sway over you, if what the selfing implies is producing a sense of being that, yes? Yes, yes. Then all the light that that's using is a form of blindness because self-knowledge avails you nothing. You get tons of knowledge about self, but you don't get any freedom from it. Who gives a shit if you know everything about self? It's like some, you know, like a professor holds. You know, you go hear him talk. This guy knows everything about holes. Next day you see him in one. What the fucking point is? What's the point of the knowledge? There he is in the same hole again. But he knows about it. Oh, great. <laughs> I'd rather just not fall in a hole. <laughs> you know? I, don't, I want knowledge that's applicable. I don't want knowledge as, as more shit to store. <laughs> it just makes you travel heavier. Because then you got you invested in being right. There'll be maybe no translate, translating in an easy comfort, but you're right. You see people in recovery, they think they're right because they have 25 years, but they're dry like papyrus. They're ready to go up at any second. But they think, but I'm 25 years sober, it doesn't mean a fucking thing. You know? I'm not translating. 
It's applicable. That to me is what knowledge is. It's applicable. And you don't need tons of it. All you know is, is to be opened up to find out what you need to do next. Yeah. I don't want to have, I don't need to know why something comes to pass because nothing's actually come to pass here. If your experiences were so real, where are they? Where are they? Where are all those embraces you bemoan the lack of right now from all the other fairy princesses and knights and shining armor? Where are they? They're not here, are they? The only way you can actually even conjure them up is memory. Yeah. How real must they have been if they came and went? Just because you seem to be longer, your life seems to be longer than the bug that got born around 9 o'clock this afternoon. He got his first meal at 9.20, fucked 9.30, and then someone stepped on him by 11. And you say, oh, fuck, that's just a bug. But all that is different degrees of time. Yeah. We seem to have appeared. We're gonna, and a lot of people stepped on us. <laughs> and, and we're going to come to an end. The only difference is time. Yes. There's a guy who wrote a book, uh, Ishmael or something. Someone gave it to me once. The Ion didn't read it much, but I read this one part where the, he follows evolution from the point of view of a jellyfish. And from the point of view of the jellyfish, evolution stopped when they, when they showed up. <laughs> they were the crown of creation. <laughs> so from the point of view of the jellyfish, they had a huge amount of meaning going on here. It's the same with us. Is anyone informing us that we have an incredible amount of meaning other than ourselves? <laughs> have we got a big message from up, from far up above you are so fucking important you are so much more important than everything else you're killing and taking advantage of and hurting on your pursuit of whatever you're pursuing oh yes you have a total license to use everything that's here <laughs> it's incredible arrogance of self-centeredness it's like in the movies, I love to bring it up, when the person's dying in the movie, they're like dying, and the person's standing over them going, you can't do this to me. <laughs> you can't leave me like this. What do you mean I'm fucking dying? Give me, a, give me some space. No, you can't leave me. We have that date tomorrow night. What am I going to do? <laughs> I've already paid for the reservations. Get someone else, please. <laughs> You know, just because we're in the thick of it, we take that to be normal. That's unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> really, it's incredible how full of ourselves. <laughs> a sense of entitlement when we have nothing coming. <laughs> so I don't know, this idea of being a self, I see it as a verb, yeah? The mind is doing it, it's producing it. It's a verb of mind, a mental process. So it's like it's like if you ever watch those helicopters when the things really move in, it looks like it stands still. It looks like a solid object, right? You know, that's sort of what the selfing does. It does like this, and in the mind's eye, it, it's like an optical illusion. It takes itself to be the solid, the solid object that it's like a mirage that appears, and so it sees itself as a body. All the selfing here. And then it takes itself to be that. And now, all of its ability to entertain and to uh, possibilities and all like this gets put in 
into the idea of being a self, and now every moment it's entertaining, it's entertaining as a self. So instead of like pondering the incredible empty spacious sky of a beautiful day, you're sitting at your hem going, is my pants too short? I don't know. Is it, is it touching the back of my shoe? I heard they say that. Let's see and get the mirror. <laughs> 14 hours of it. Entertaining ad nauseum the hem of your pants. The same mind is <laughs> entertaining the infinite space and then that same ability entertained, thrust into selfing, starts entertaining this. Uh, oh, I like their shoes better than my shoes. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. You don't see it as an illness, a mental illness. All that energy, all that space, shoved into this little shoebox called Paul, you know? And then just, and then it's like having a marathon runner in your cellar. The mind's just running over the same old possibilities. Oh, I will be okay. I hope I will be okay. I definitely will be okay. I once was okay. It's all in time. It's never in a sense of okayness now. It's always put off. Yeah? I will be okay after I do something. Jeez. This is a timeless solution. Your mind is already that. Yeah? So, like we always talked before, so you're a lion, yes, you hear the message, you're a lion. So I thought that was all that was necessary, you're a lion. But then I realized people hear the message, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. But when it hits the ear, it's, a, it's like sheep ear, right? They're identified. And they hear, hear it, and it turns into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message, eh? And of course, you're not a lion, I'm using it as you know, a metaphor. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 I'm a lion. I can become like a lion. That's not the message, yeah? As soon as it hits this conditional ear, it's turned into a process in time. Based on who? You. Yeah? It's, a, it's like a blatant act of playing God by the selfing. It now takes, let's say, the topic of God and makes it something that it has to do and have to get, yeah? And if it doesn't do and have, it will lose. And what informs you how you're doing in your path to God is not God, it's you. Yeah? Your head tells you, all right, you did the month-long retreat, and you meditated 12 hours a day, you must be something. You are a pretty fucking spiritual giant. And yet you're sitting in the little meditation hall, making sure you're the last one up, or seeing all the other big competitors step out of here and when I can't get anything I'll go oh, yes I'll be the last one to dinner yes and meditating I got absorbed in the light sorry a little late is there any dessert <laughs> I don't need dessert I'm so full with the bliss of union I'll see you tomorrow morning bro good luck <laughs> this selfie just claims it and turns it into like a fucking sport yeah <laughs> Then, the guy told me, which is really cool, because there's some people, there's some things where they sit and look at a wall, right? And you're about two feet away looking at the wall. But in the old days, it was called Chan in China, and 
and then it got imported to Japan, they put, turned it into Zen, you know, the word. But in Chan, they wouldn't be looking at a wall. They, they had, all the temples had these open things, but they were usually in a pretty cool place, and so they would be, and they, some, a lot of them people were in caves, yeah? So they'd sit in the front of the cave, and they'd look out across the valley, and then they would watch the light occur, and the play of light as the sun rose, and it came up. That would be what they were meditating. They weren't looking at a blank wall for 12 hours. They were watching the manifestation, sitting there. Yeah? So if you see Zen temples, they have these things you're supposed to pull wide open, so you're looking out, yeah? so you can sit there and just watch what's happening. Yeah? How does it get bastardized and turn into like, a, like an athletic sport? Yeah? Like a samurai. To me, that's why I like the word invitation. Did you ever get a 50-page invitation? You know? No. The invitation is, hey, you're a lion. That's, you don't have to go over it. You know, yes, and let me tell you, no. Or a message. A message usually is very brief. You know? It's not like a long playing message. It's just, hey, get to the party. It's at 8 o'clock. Bring something. Yeah? Okay, I got the message. Not like why you should bring something this party, why it's really going to suck, on and on. It's just a message, yeah? Get it and go. That's what I like about this invitation. It's exactly that. It's an invitation, it's a message, and then there's the ability to entertain. Yeah? I'm entertaining, and then here. I'm just throwing out you, and then you entertain. And then see what happens. You'll find out. Because it bypasses the idea of knowing something, because if there's a good job being done here, you get nothing, really. Yeah? Over and over again. Nothing, 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 nothing. Of course, the head always tries to make nothing something, but the message is nothing, nothing, nothing. And then once, the mind may receive it just as nothing. Yeah? Not as something. When it receives it as nothing, that's like seeing its own original face. Yes? Mind sees its own original face in action. Nothing! No thing. Yeah? That whole thing is worth 8,000 pages of scripture. That one event, yeah? When no thing recognizes no thing, instead of mental processing making no thing into a something every time, yes? To reinforce that it's a something. Yeah. So, I like it clear and clean and small, yeah? Three meetings a week. You don't have to give me a report how you do when you leave here. Yeah, less, really. <laughs> I hope you're traveling lighter. That's the whole point. Yes? And if it's traveling lighter, hopefully you'll have the ability to acknowledge the simple fact that there's a satisfaction where there wasn't a satisfaction. And if you really look at it, you'll see you haven't really done much to change that, have you? And yet, something has changed. Because the mind has changed. It's shifted, maybe imperceptibly to us, but it's shifted a little in that mental yogic posture of selfing, and it came out a little. And as soon as it starts coming out, the sense of its availability is there, and then the sense of its presence. It's difficult when it's like this, though, because it takes presence to be an experience it's having, just like this. Yeah? It thinks it's available just like this. That's not being available yet. But when it comes out of this, then it's available, and then there's a sense of presence. Yeah. 
As soon as it rises, the mind rises up and tries to claim the presence as you, then it seems to become an object. Yes? So now it's cast into the experiential bin. So you've got to go to a retreat, or you've got to do this, and you've got to do that to try to promote or to conjure up the presence. Because it doesn't seem to be always available at all times. Because what experience is? What experience is always available at all times? If it was, it would be a state. It wouldn't be an experience. Yeah? But when this becomes present, it has to make the presence absent only to come about as an experience to you, usually based on what you do or you don't do. So there's a real big playing God with God. Yeah? But if this is seen to be absent of being an inherent individual entity, when that sense is entertained as absent, then there's the presence. And it's sort of like, it may have a feeling like, oh, the presence stopped, started when I stopped. But it didn't start when you stopped. Your attention to it seemed to start when you stopped. But you get a sense that it's not stopping or starting. It's, all, it's sort of like being in a giant mix that you have no idea. First of all, it has no time ingredient in it. So it didn't begin and it doesn't end. And nothing can actually stop it from being what it is. Yeah? It's always at all times or no time nowhere. It's either. And neither, really. But whatever's happening here can't have an effect on it. It's not of this place. It's like the sky, no matter what's happening in it, does never affect the sky. All the activities, explosions, rain, the sky never gets wet. The earth, the appearance gets wet, but the sky doesn't, yes? The sky is like what our mind is seemingly like, yeah? Empty and open and wide able to entertain anything that arises and yet not influenced or affected by anything that arises in it. In other words, its purity isn't contrived, it's its essential nature. It's pure of any poss- anything. Yes? The effects only are things on things. Yeah? No thing, thing has no effect on no thing. I can only see, if I hit this thing, I hurt this thing. Yeah? But I can't hurt this thing. No, I can't grab it, can I? I can't make it do what I want. I don't think this space seems familiar to the space I saw eight years ago in New York City. You know? I don't recognize it, yet there's a sense of it. Yeah? Because now your eyes start getting trained. I don't just mean these eyes, I mean the eye, seeing, gets sort of opened up to sensing nothingness, finally, once again. You start sensing nothingness again. The energy, the presence, the space is almost as if you're seeing a thing. Because your your vision now has been... It didn't revert back to anything. Just one of the possibilities that's always available has been accessed. You start sensing and intimating what's not here. What's always here, but what's not here is a thing, yeah? So when you're in a room, you sense the space. It has a very big impact. Then your wiring gets shifted. Then the mathematics of your head, instead of having one as the primary number, I, me, my, physical reference point, zero.
becomes the dominant main primary number. And now equations seem to make more sense, and, at, and all of them are much lighter. And so you see the heaviest number is the number one, really, you. <laughs> you're the one that's lopsiding all the equations. <laughs> once, you're in, once you're injected into the equation, it gets heavy. <laughs> it has to happen the way I want. <laughs> it's got to equal this. <laughs> but zero, nothing, everything comes from here. Yeah. And when you put zero behind another number, it incredibly amplifies that number, doesn't it? You want to make one ten times worth more, put a zero. <laughs> so, and then the, the head can start understanding what it couldn't understand. It's like picking up a new frequency. Yeah, it, it what, what seemed to be static because it wasn't so loud and it wasn't flashy. It's now perceptible. You can pick it up. You can almost hear it. You can hear the silence. You can pick up what's what's happening and being said. And downloads start occurring, almost like in a different computer language, yeah? And it gets, it gets uh, downloaded, not here, but here, you know? You get it in your, here, in a way. And you really start living in a sense of true convincing. You know? There's a true belief in certainty, how uncertain this place is. And the real security is in absolute insecurity. It's the coolest place. It's uncertainty is the highest form, yeah? When you're sure of something, it's pretty dead. When you say, I know, you pretty much nuded the whole finding out. Yeah. Finding out holds a lot more weight than knowing. Yeah. When you really find out, it has, holds a lot more weight than any tons of knowing. When you really find out, the, you know, the solution really shows you the problem. I mean, we have a lot of talk about self as the problem. But when there's a true sense of its absence, then you know it's the problem. You know it by the solution, really. And it's so incredible because selfing, it's a verb, yeah? It can be stopped. It can be startled, yeah? And in that startling, we call it a pause. In that pause, you stop, but something else continues. I would say that's what we are, is that which continues when you and I stop, yeah? And... You and I are stopping quite a lot because it's a product of a verb and it can be startled into submission. The only problem with it is it really regroups quickly and whatever it will reclaim, it will claim its own absence as an experience. It's mind-boggling, really. You'll have one of the highest whatever of the absence of self and then the mind will rise and say, I had this incredible epiphany just fucking claims the shit out of it once again. <laughs> Puts it on its little spiritual mantle with all the other, with all the other epiphanies. Let's put the biggest one here. The one I had in Bali. That was a really good one. And then, uh, you know, you, you just look at it and go, oh yeah, cats. I'm a spiritual person. Spiritual people have epiphanies. I've had epiphanies, therefore I'm spiritual. Yeah? You're not so because you haven't had an epiphany. I feel sorry for you. I think you should do that month-long intensive. I think that could do it. Really. You just need a lot more work. You've got a lot to break through. All that conditioning, I know. But there's a spiritual machete I can give you. Cut yourself out of this fucking jungle. 
claim your freedom. Claim your freedom. I'll be there. Having a latte as you're suffering, sitting 14 hours there on that. I'll be sitting there, basking in my achieved already spirituality. Never to be lost, but constantly suspicious that I could lose it. Because <laughs> if you have something, you can lose it. That's the biggest boogaboo of achieving. If you achieve something, you can lose it. That's why you have it by giving it away. You, know? you have it by not having it. That's how you have it here, by not having it. Yeah? You don't have it by thinking about it. No way. No way. You just have it where you don't think much about it. You just live the day. Yeah? You live the day. And then someone, you know. I really like what you have to say on that website. Yeah, too hard. Live the day doesn't make much does, doesn't hit you because you're not there's no claiming and achieving and having you know it's, it's not necessary you've got exactly what you hoped all those things would bring you which is like a deep satisfaction in a way I don't mean satisfaction like I had a good meal satisfaction that there is nobody home yeah. that this is an inn we're all passing through like winds. It's uh, whatever. It's been going on a long time now in time. So I've got a great confidence that your mind is unbelievable and that it all may just need a little catalyst. Like the chemist, all the chemicals are there. Maybe you just need a catalyst, a little something to ignite it. And you and I and us, we have a way of life already to handle the functioning of the manifestation. Yeah? The apparatus through being in recovery, has gotten a semblance of quote-unquote manageability in a full way, yeah? So now the mind, instead of being so concerned in horizontal activity, can look vertically. And we have that way of life, so when those downloads come, we can express and have a, a lifestyle that lets that download flourish, yeah? I'm not fucking... I haven't met too many people who are, you know, everyone's awake, but who are translating awakeness as active junkies, just haven't met him. I mean, maybe there's a new website, but I'm yeah. not, I'm just shot up a little while ago. Yes, yeah, there's no cell. Yeah. No, no, they're trying to kill something <laughs> at the time. So, you know, we have a way of life that allows us to function in a sort of like free-range way. I mean, I before the only thing my life would have been halfway successful is being institutionalized. It's the only time I did halfway decent was when someone else was telling me what to do for two years in Delancey Street. Now I'm like a free-range alcoholic. You know? I don't have to be supervised and run around. You know? And yet, because the functioning, I, my, my, this apparatus, its life is based on sound principles. So it can go ahead now. And then my mind is free to entertain other possibilities. I'm not seeing, you know, not felt here, but the intimation of what's happening. Actually, what's not happening. So in this way, we do it here, in a way, is we go like through the back door. I go to, I don't want to hear, well, I don't care about hearing it, beautiful descriptions of the ocean, because that's not my dilemma. The dilemma is there's an, I'm taking myself to be a wave. Yeah? That's the dilemma. Yeah? The wave, 
will try to know the ocean, have experiences of the ocean, but all that meeting the ocean just reinforces its difference as being a wave. Yeah? But if I'm not the wave, that's the ocean. Yeah. So it's sort of, to me, like the backdoor way. I'm looking at what I'm not, and in that looking at what I'm not, or, or in, you know, entertaining what I'm not, I got the noun, the way my mind worked in making everything into a thing, got broken, and it could see, like if it was seeing a thing, it could see a verb that way. It could see that the original face is not a face, it's seeing. Yeah? The original being isn't a divine being, it's being. It's a verb. Yeah? And it's the only way it can be recognized. It can't be recognized as a noun, yeah? and it can't be recognized as a noun can't be recognized as a noun, and it can't be recognized as a noun. I have to sense it as a verb. And then something that was always missing registers. The mind just opened up. It's like seeing a thing, but not a thing. Yeah? Like if you would say, I got it, it, it sort of represents what it feels like, but take the it out of it. I got it, no, but it's, the feeling is the same way, but it's not an it. Yeah? Yeah. I got it, but it's not an it I got. Yeah. And then I'm smoking yes, and now you just travel the way you travel. It'll probably be a lot lighter over the train or whatever your life has in store for you. Yeah. You can be interested in others because you're not that interested in yourself. Selfing isn't it. The selfing, what it is, the product of selfing is the feeling that is happening to you. The selfing is an activity. The feeling that is driving you crazy is its product. The you that's being driven crazy. Yes? The feeling of you getting something is the selfing. It's not getting something. It's the feeling it's you got it. That's the product of the selfing. Yeah? The selfing, all of its activity, is just to imply a product. The product is a you. When it seemed to be you, the a drops off, and now it's you. And that just sets up a very, very small tunnel vision view. Yeah? The spectrum of possibilities very limited. You've been over every inch of self-centeredness already. You've tried every possibility self-centeredness offers. You've gone over every fucking rationalization, why things aren't happening, excuses, blames, all of it's been covered. Yet, it's a very small system of mind. Yet, it's rooted, all of its effects are rooted in the gravitational pull of its center, which is self. Yeah? If you're not that, the effects of the system diminish. And by the effects diminishing, you know you're onto something that you hit the, hit, got to the first knot, so to speak. That first knot loosens up, and then all, all the other knots have a thread of that first knot going through them, and it affects a loosening up in the whole way of life you're, you're in. Yeah? 
And that's that. And you find out what your seat assignment is by looking at what seat you're in. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. All right, this is the seat assignment. I want that seat set, but that ain't the seat assignment. You know? And it's like musical chairs. You've got to get up and no one takes a position. <laughs> it's always the music plays and then suddenly you sit down again. <laughs> There's a lot of different seat assignments. <laughs>
got a certain juice around it, and you'll start sensing it. You know? To me, it's like presence in a way. So, uh, no more question. No question.